0: Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. I'm your host, Connor, joined by my co-host, Ethan Farb. We have three pretty exciting stories for you today. Jumping in first, we have Mojo, a new programming language for AI developers created by Chris Lattner, who also created LLVM and Swift. This is an evolution on Python, which is completely backwards compatible. The main thing is here is that Python is a great language for prototyping and for development, which is why we've seen so much rapid AI iteration out of it. But it has a lot of problems with deployment and really going to market with Python. Mojo here is designed to fix Python's shortcomings. Ethan, what do you know about it?
1: Yeah, so this is from the team at Modular. So uh, Chris and the team at Modular, they work on high performance inference. Um, pretty much. So inference, if you don't know, is when you query or you run a trained ML model for output. And pretty much what they've been seeing and anyone who's really deep into the weeds of performance on ML models knows that you're having to use C++ or Rust to really work low level and get these performance gains. But Python is extremely beneficial for all the libraries and fast prototyping, etc. So they put together... Mojo to try to combine the best of both worlds, the ease of use of Python and the low level performance of something like C++. So it's from the team who has done LLVM, which is a compiler, who's done Swift. This is backwards compatible with Python, just as Connor mentioned. Uh, There's no garbage collection in it, which is very interesting. And I think Connor and I have talked a lot about the importance of verbosity and typed languages for ML and even languages that GPT-4 and beyond can generate for itself and be able to create its own new code. So better languages are likely going to be needed. Um, I think this one is not production ready yet. I know they have a demo environment. I think it's not even open source yet. They're planning to make it open source soon. but. Anyone working to combine the best of both worlds on this side, create a better language for developers to use, is exciting in my book.
0: Yeah, the garbage collection thing, this is a lot like how Rust is doing in C++. This is makes makes it more of a systems programming language. So the, the important part for our audience to know here is that performance here, a performance, basically essentially a performant Python, is a big jump in AI inference, et cetera. Yeah. So what specifically could you do with this?
1: Um, at this point, like I said, they, there's a demo environment. You can start messing around with it. Um, it's not production ready yet, but keep your eye on it because you might see more developers putting packages out for it. It might be something to use if you're trying to develop highly performance inference models um, or possibly people will use it for things outside of ML. Um, any new language always catches on in some form or fashion and we'll see if it stays alive.
0: Exactly. So this is definitely more of a ready tomorrow type of thing. Next up, we have our story of Chegg and what happened to their stock. Farb, do you want to go into that?
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, just on the on the previous story, a, it's interesting to see that, you know, how many decades in C is still, you know, a high performance language and the way you need to, you know, get on the metal of what you're using, uh, whether it's, you know, Swift or Python, you know, we're still living in a world where, Humans are writing software. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, I don't think the AIs will need you know uh, easy to use languages like Python to uh, run on the processors. So this one's interesting. I want to keep an eye on this because I'm not sure if things, solutions like this, will be needed in a a few years when you don't need to sort of come up with solutions that are fast and easy for devs. I mean, you'll probably get there. One of the things that people forget is that when everything becomes easier you just tend to do more things so it's not like devs are going to likely disappear but they're going to be able to do more so will they be writing in python and mojo in a few years uh we'll see we'll see
0: i mean we we talked about this with ethan it's more of a to be a more language that's more terse is going to fit the language models better because yeah. of course token limitations and context is the main issue there so
2: long live c uh, Chegg news, pretty important news, I think. In the you know, Chegg is a public company; it's an education company. Uh, I think their CEO came out and said something along the lines of AI is affecting our business, and boom, their stock tanked. Um, you know, yesterday um, uh, we talked about uh, IBM uh, announcing a whole bunch of uh, news around not hiring folks. So we see public companies are. Already being impacted pretty deeply uh, by the changes in AI, you know, uh, firing potentially thousands of people, not hiring potentially thousands of people, stock prices tanking. If you uh, thought AI and ML was going to affect the world, you're correct. And if you didn't, you're you're already wrong. So we'll see how much further their uh, stock price drops. If it does, uh, you think he could have came out with news around how they're going to be taking advantage of AI to uh, continue to spur the business on. uh, was an interesting piece of news from the CEO. I I was kind of confused as to why they came out that way. Ethan, do you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah. Farb is directly on point. It felt almost like a fumble. You would think someone would come out, especially in Shake's position, saying, hey, we're going to start integrating these tools, make it easier for our students and learners to utilize them. But they took the opposite approach. Funny enough, I have a few friends working in this kind of homework, answering space, um, working in these products for students. And at the end of the day, when the market cares about ChatGPT and AI a lot, and you're a company who is not at the forefront using it, and they know others are targeting your space, we're probably gonna, this won't be the last of someone's stock dropping 47% after a PR release.
0: So what specifically could you do with this? It sounds like... Kind of a mark of vulnerability for is Chegg.
2: Back Chegg? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Chegg, really, is the is the way we could do with this. Uh, ready today, tomorrow. I think it's kind of Chegg books ready to have their stock drop today. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for them, this is happening now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, to our third story. We have Mosaic ML. They recently announced that they trained Stable Diffusion for only fifty thousand dollars. Uh, originally it was trained for $600,000. That's a 12 X reduction. It's a pretty interesting story. Ethan thoughts here.
1: Uh, yeah, they, they released the entire technical details, which we'll put into the show notes, but at the end of the day, they were able to train a stable diffusion 2.0 level model for under 50,000. Um, so we're looking at cheaper, faster training. And if you want something that's a custom model and you're a startup or a smaller business these things are beginning to be more available to you now of course you need to put together training data etc but when the cost of training is quickly plummeting on some of these important models it just means more access for everyone more new use cases better products better experiences more companies in the fold so it's cool the mosaic imagine
2: that these guys are you know you have to imagine that OpenAI and everybody else wants to reduce prices dramatically as well. Uh, yeah. Is that enough of an angle for these these folks to, you know, compete directly and, and, and be a big player? We'll see, but it is uh, definitely the angle they're taking. They want to let people do this uh, privately. That was another, you know, sort of important angle that they have uh, and far more cheaply and more affordably than than it's been available so far. So it's kind of an arms race, right? Uh, open wants this to be cheaper for you. They're going to want it to be private for you. Everybody's going to want these things and, mm-hmm. but it is cool. They are rather ambitious with what they're doing and it's great to see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Their big innovations have been data streaming and how they train the models with the vast amounts of data that they need. Uh, they did announce that apparently they have some new LLM training that they're going to announce there this week. So we may cover that if it's interesting enough. Um, but very interesting mosaic ML decreasing model costs by a lot. So fantastic. fantastic indeed. Well, uh, is this ready tomorrow, today down the road for,
1: um, the, it's all on GitHub. So I believe you can, if you want to take a stab at making your own training data and doing a training run for under 50 grand,
0: go at it. Okay. Well, three great stories we had today. We had Mojo out of. The modular team we had Chegg stock have a pretty big hit based off the CEO announcing trouble with AI, and then we have Mosaic ML, of course, as we just talked about. So what we're seeing, so that's using Farb, what have you been seeing?
2: Uh, you know, there was some big news around uh, Pi, this new uh, AI that um, that folks are trying out. Uh, I, I tried it out. I know Ethan's a little bit more maybe bullish on it, but, uh, you know, it seemed pretty basic. It was interesting. I read an interview with the CEO uh, about how the current version is supposed to just be something you chat with. He talked about all the things that it doesn't do uh, and how it might do things someday. Uh, it, it was a bit of an odd release if you, if you asked me. I don't know, Ethan, maybe your views on it are different. I
1: mean, they had, they had a beautiful UI attached. They had nice. voices attached to it. Yeah. It is multi-platform. They've raised a lot of money and I think people are putting a lot of pressure on them because of that, but the product itself, I used it. I enjoyed it. I'm not sure what else you want to expect. Um, as Does it get um, you excited, excited though, I mean. It did, it did, it really did. Uh, you get to see something you can text it. You can use it on their site. They had voices. It was just a very clean experience. Um, and okay, you like the
2: user experience yeah. angle that that they took that they took on it. And why do you think their CEO came out and was you know so forward about all the things it doesn't do? I guess why is that an angle that you think he decided to take?
1: It's a good question. Um, i think possibly to continue the hype build up of what they want to do or plan to do or also to kind of minimize the impact of people really attacking them once again they raised a lot of money so people have extremely high expectations for what they're going to drop but as a mvp and a first product even the outputs i enjoyed i thought it was a good product
2: didn't mean to steal your story there yeah it's
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> I was also seeing, I continue to see more and more uh, music AI on my TikTok feed, Uh, like Ariana Grande singing Diamonds or Rihanna singing X, and they're getting really, really good. They've completely filled up my TikTok feed. I don't know if you all seen them, but it's been fun. Have you seen anything from
2: the Grimes stuff? Has has anybody uh, made any Grimes music yet?
1: I heard to the grapevine someone's trying, but not yet.
2: I think we talked about this on an unaired episode, but, you know, right. Grimes is offering to sh- split the royalties uh, of any AI-generated music that people create, uh, you know, a- a- of her, uh, which is super cool news. It's a whole new yep. business model for music uh, and, you know, bringing fan fiction, if you will, into uh, the spotlight, which I think is actually going to happen uh, everywhere, uh, whether it's books, uh, which fan fiction has been, you know, Pretty big for a long time, Uh, but now music, I think, movies and TV shows. uh, I think we're going to see, you know, social media in some ways may pale in comparison to the, you know, scale that fan fiction is going to get to in entertainment. Absolutely. For Grimes, we
0: did see someone's doing a ten thousand dollar hackathon, as we talked about in that episode. Grimes was like, wow, well, good luck to the whoever wins this. So
2: best of luck to you. Says best Grimes.
0: of luck to whoever makes a good song that best I get have. Best
2: of luck playing. to her, I think, is yeah. is probably her angle. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh from what I've seen, I saw someone made Segment Anything Nerf. They combine nerfs that have been pretty crazy for the past year or so, and then recently have been a lot of, in a lot of press with Segment Anything, something else we covered on an unaired episode. Uh, so that when you move around in 3D space, the segmented parts of the image remain. And we'll link the demo. The demo shows really how interesting it is. But both those tech really work very well together. So Fantastic. Uh, I think that covers what all we've been seeing. Um, well, thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thank See everyone tomorrow. Peace. Thank wow. you.